Hello and welcome to the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. This is the show where we talk about all things transportation, anything that gets you from here to there. I am the traffic anchor and the transportation reporter for Denver 7 News, Jason Luber. And if you would uh, like to be a part of the program, you can always give me a call on the listener hotline. 303-832-0217. I also have lots of contact links in the description of this show. Today on the program, I'm going to be talking to Trisha Morrow. And Trisha is a safety engineer for General Motors. And we're going to be talking about a recent research paper that found that drivers believe stress is a key factor influencing their focus on the road. And most people who spoke for the survey admitted that their emotional state impacts their driving, and even a third of the people who were a part of this uh, survey admitted that they have actually pulled over because they have felt too emotional to drive. I don't think I've ever felt too emotional to drive. Uh, Actually, when I uh, there there have been times I've felt so emotional I've driven faster. Um, but I don't know about had to pull over. Now, the problem with emotional driving is that the odds of a crash increases by about 10 times when the driver is in an elevated emotional state, which would include anger or sadness or crying or agitation or, uh, excitement or, uh, elation. Th- there are all types of different emotional states you could be in. And it could affect your driving behavior in so many different ways. And I thought this study was uh, pretty interesting, so that's why I invited Tricia to be here on the show. And she'll be coming up here in just a minute. Now, you would think that a driving instructor would know better. There's a driving instructor in Pasco County, Florida. Uh, If you're not familiar with Florida or Pasco County, it's just north of Tampa. Now, this driving instructor was arrested for allegedly driving... Under the influence. Yay. <laughs> Congratulations. Uh, yeah. According to the Florida Highway Patrol, 54-year-old Gregory Sorensen was pulled over for driving a vehicle used to teach student drivers. <laughs> so he was in the student teaching driving car when he was pulled over for drunk driving. Trooper said Sorensen failed multiple sobriety tests and had a blood alcohol content of, get this, nearly three times the legal limit. So that had to be over 0. 0.2, because I believe in Florida, as it is in many states, 0. 0.08 is the limit for blood alcohol uh, for a DUI. So if he was at 0. 2-4, which is three times, that is, that's drunk. <laughs> that's not just pretending. That's not a couple of beers or a couple glasses of wine. That is, that's full on, let's get hammered time. Uh, troopers also located an open 24-pack of natural light beer in the back seat. <laughs> if you're going to go out, you might as well go out natural light style. Uh, the Florida Highway Patrol joked on their Twitter account saying, hopefully this isn't part of the driving curriculum. I'm pretty sure it isn't. Na- you know, natural light is just not the way to go down. It's just <laughs> it's just not. Uh, some people think they can uh, talk their way out of speeding tickets. And I mention this because there is quite a catalog of imaginative excuses that drivers have come up with 
while they're sitting in their cars and they're talking to an officer who has just pulled them over. I'm sure you have your own story of the excuse that you gave to the officer to try to get out of a ticket. Well, here's a new one, and it's thanks to a Florida man who was stopped for speeding in Flagler County. That's over near uh, Jacksonville, uh, St. Augustine area. Now, the dialogue that follows was recorded on the deputy's body camera. Hello. Hi, sir. I'm Deputy Chamber with the Flagler County Sheriff's Office. Yeah, hi. How you doing? Do you know the reason I stopped you? Yeah, I'm sorry. I had. How fast do you think you were going? 40? Don't even. 50. 50? 50 and a 30. Oh, I'm so sorry. I need to see your license, registration, yeah, proof here's insurance. registration, proof of insurance. I'm so sorry. The part is, is I think you ran that stop sign as well because you didn't even see me sitting there. Didn't you? I was going down, I was looking at this thing. Oh, so you were looking. I got this here. You were sir. looking at your dash while doing 50 miles an hour. I was trying to get it away. out of. Okay, it's in sport mode. I was trying to get it. I just got this thing, okay, sir? Sir, I'm I literally so saw you run the stop sign. I'm sorry. Make a left turn. I'm sorry, sir. And then hop on the gas. I was sitting right at the I'm intersection. I'm so sorry, sir. So your excuses? I, I saw a car coming and I... You didn't because get, I was sitting right there. Well, I, I saw, saw a car everything. coming and I wanted to get out before them. And then you dropped on the I gas know, and took off. I'm so sorry, sir. I need to see your insurance card, please. Oh. You got the registration? Yeah, there was no reason for that I at know, all. I, I would put people's lives into safety I and everything. I just found out. I'm trying to tell you the truth, guy. I just found out that Putin has just said he's going to launch nuclear thermal war against the world. I was trying to get back to my house to find out what's going on. I'm freaking out Okay? I got people in the Ukraine. They just sent me the insurance card, too. <laughs> All right, if you, if, you, if you didn't catch that. If you didn't catch that part at the end, he said that he was uh, nervous about a possible nuclear war uh, from Vladimir Putin and that he needed to get home in, in, in a quick, quick fashion so he could watch the coverage on TV. <laughs> so, yeah, the uh, that's when the video ends from the. Sheriff's Department, the Flagler Sheriff's Department, uh, they dubbed this the Putin made me do it excuse for breaking traffic laws. Uh, <laughs> I, I guess you'll come up with anything just to get out a speeding ticket, right? Uh, the worst speeding excuse, Palm Beach Post columnist Frank Sarabino looked into that, writing, it would be impossible to crown an undisputed winner in this category. There is some stiff competition, especially from other Florida men who seem to excel in this. A Florida driver who was pulled over for speeding three years ago in Pinellas County gave the deputy a novel explanation for why he was doing 90 in a 55 zone. Quote, he needed to get home in a hurry because he was cheating on his wife. <laughs> the excuse didn't work, and the 52-year-old driver's problems were compounded when the deputy found crack cocaine in his shirt pocket. <laughs> A police website that collects stories of best excuses people have used to try to get out of tickets has some doozies. A drunk guy told me he was pregnant, then urinated all over himself, claiming his water broke. <laughs> That's from one officer. Another officer claimed that speeders explained they were trying to get to McDonald's before it stopped serving the breakfast menu. 
<laughs> Another said that uh, he had a cold. Another driver said that he had a cold. And every time he sneezed, they inadvertently stepped harder on the gas pedal. <laughs> that's, that's a pretty good one. Uh, here, here you go. Uh, my car has a recall on it for an unexplained acceleration problem, and I'm on my way to get it fixed. <laughs> See, that's kind of creative, but completely ridiculous. Uh, and some officers admit to being so impressed by the excuses they hear that they let a uh, some of the drivers off without a ticket. Here's one. As one officer said he pulled over a guy driving a Corvette doing 100 miles an hour. It was late at night on a highway with no other traffic. And so the officer told the driver, you are flying. Unless you have a pilot's license, you're going to jail. And the driver said, yes, I am. And handed a pilot license to him. <laughs> the officer said they let him go. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, some of those comments, again, from the Palm Beach Coast columnist, Frank Sarabino. Uh, so, yeah, <laughs> pretty good stuff. All right, there probably isn't a person who is driving right now who isn't distracted by something, some more than others. And we all know the usual culprits, right? Uh, uh, but another distraction General Motors is looking at is emotional distractions. GM's recent proprietary Future of Safety research study found that drivers believe that stress is a key factor influencing their focus on the road, with most respondents admitting that their emotional state impacts their driving and one-third reporting that they have pulled over because they felt too emotional to drive. Joining me now to talk about this study and what GM is doing in response to it is Tricia Morrow, one of General Motors safety engineers. Tricia, thank you so much for being here on the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Okay, so I have to say up front that I own a General Motors car. I have a 2014 Chevy Volt, and, and in all honesty, Tricia, it could be one of the best cars I've ever owned. It was a, a, a devastating to me when General Motors discontinued the Volt. Well, we're super glad that you do have a General Motors product, and I assure you that we will absolutely have a product for you. We can talk after. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that sounds perfect. Well, I've talked a lot on this show about how dangerous it is to drive distracted. I think every driver knows their phone and the radio are distractions, but humans being human, we all have been on an emotional high or an emotional low at some point in our lives. And some people maybe multiple times a day. So how you feel when you're driving can be a distraction too. Absolutely. You know, and we've recently conducted research with the McCann World Group Truth Central Intelligent Unit um, called the Future of Safety Report. And that really highlighted some of that, um, some of that angst or some of that emotional anxiety when folks are driving. You know, 40% of respondents feel that they are more anxious post-pandemic than they were before. You know, when we're talking about just emotional stress and things like that, 54% of respondents, you know, cite times that they were crying in their vehicles. And a third have mentioned that they needed to pull over because they were too emotional to drive. So, you know, you're spot on. We always talk about distraction with cell phones and, and dialing your phone or, you know, eating while you're driving. But it can be more than that. It's also about emotional stress and being ready to, to drive to be safe out on the road. And you just mentioned how drivers feel more anxious now than they did before the pandemic. So what exactly are they anxious about? Bad drivers, the, the state of the world, the war, and why is it a concern? You know, I think they might be anxious about all of that. 
Um, the future of safety didn't necessarily get into the specific insights on why they were more anxious, but we did find some interesting bits where they feel more anxious. They admit to speeding, to texting, to doing all these risky driver behaviors, but then they think that they are good drivers and crashes are because of the other guy out on the road or the other person out on the road. And, you know, it just was really interesting to us. And we really felt it was necessary to, especially during April, Distracted Driving Awareness Month, bring some light, just shed some light on the issue of emotional readiness to drive and how stress can actually be distracting when you drive. Okay, funny story. I have three brothers, and when we were kids, we would all be in the back seat of the family Cadillac. No seatbelts, of course, because this was the late 70s and early 80s. And one of my younger brothers, he said something that made my dad so mad that, that my dad slammed on the brakes of the car as we were cruising 55 miles an hour down the highway, almost getting to a stop. And, and I say this because your study found that more than half of parents with children under 10 say they often shout at their kids when they're in the car and, and that having kids in the car probably makes them a worse driver. Absolutely. You know, in the, the same in the same vein, we also found that 64% of parents prefer to drive alone, which I always joke, I wondered why that number wasn't closer to 100. Maybe that's just me. But they, um, it, it does offer, children in the vehicle does offer a different element of distraction in the vehicle, which it makes it even more important that we, we de-stress before we drive, that we prepare for the drive so that we can drive stress-free and really focus on the drive. You know, maybe making sure we anticipate some of the needs of those pesky 10-year-olds in the back seat. I have one that's pretty close to that age. Um, you know, again, to make sure that we can focus on the drive. I'm speaking with Tricia Morrow. She's a General Motors safety engineer, and we're talking about how ways to not be uh, emotionally distracted in your car. Because as a safety engineer, I would think that you are thinking of ways to keep people safe inside the car, uh, keep them inside the car when there's a crash, so make them wear their seatbelts, protect them from sudden stops, so make sure there are airbags all around them. But are there Things you tell your daughters, one who is driving, that will also keep them safe? You have a unique perspective on, on the mechanics of the vehicle, but, but that only goes so far. Absolutely. You know, I think I have one of the best jobs at General Motors. You know, I get to look at what's happening out on the field and help protect my kids, my family, your kids, your family. And, you know, we do design safety systems and features that can help protect or assist the driver, protect folks in a crash. Um, but most recently, you know, in response to this future of safety study, we really, I, you know, I had the opportunity to be part of, you know, something really fun and a little bit different. You know, we designed this scream it out challenge. Um, so we partnered with some TikTok in, uh, influencers and really um, that were focused on mental health to create this playful um, playful challenge where we're just trying to give a very simple message. Driving while you're stressed can be distracting. So we're encouraging folks to scream it out before you drive. You know, a really playful way to say de-stress before you drive, you know, and encourage safe driving. And you had asked, you know, what messages do I give my kids? You know, things along those lines, eyes up, phones down, seatbelts on, make sure you're ready for the drive. You know, if you need to scream it out over that biology test, get it out before you get out on the road.
And that is an interesting idea because usually when I see drivers screaming on the road, it's usually not in a good way and there are fingers involved. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, we're encouraging screaming before the drive, not during the drive. We're trying to alleviate the screaming during the drive. We're trying to reduce that. So absolutely, you know, we just really feel that it's so important to bring light to the fact that, you know, stress can be distracting while you're driving. There was a study done by VTTI that showed, you know, again, that cell phone use increases your crash risk by six times, but driving in an emotional, an elevated emotional state increases it by 10 times. You know, just really important that we, you know, all focus on what can, you know, help us be safer drivers. Have you screamed in your car yet? Absolutely. We encourage everyone to visit GM.com and our TikTok challenge and hashtag scream it out. What does your scream sound like? Um, that's that's personal. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's only for you and your car to privately know about uh, forever. My guest is Trisha Morrow, General Motors Safety Engineer. We're talking about their future of safety research study. Excessive speeding is one of those issues that you as a safety engineer probably has to deal with when keeping people safe in a car, as we talked about just a minute ago. And I'm sure that you look at at that issue. And, and since the start of the pandemic, excessive speeding has become a major problem with uh, people driving so fast and high speeds lead to wrecks that are more serious and they're more violent uh, than slower speed crashes. So how do you deal with that as a safety engineer when designing vehicles to try to keep people safe? Yeah, so, you know, a lot of when we're talking about safety out on the road and, you know, General Motors has a zero crash goal where we really are trying to, you know, take strides towards that goal. We look at it as, you know, we need to create really robust vehicles, which, you know, I'm proud to say that, you know, I think General Motors has really robust vehicles, you know, and they need to drive in an environment that's conducive to driving, which includes posted speed limits, which are posted, obviously. And again, you know, I tell my kids, these speed limits are put in place for a reason because of turns, because of school zones, you know, I've actually gone as far to calculate to them. If you speed, how much, you know, the time that you're only going to get there two minutes earlier, that's not even worth it. Um, I might be, you know, a little bit of a math geek on that one, but it's not only about the vehicle and the environment, it's also about the driver. And we really need to educate the drivers on, again, you're not going to get there that much faster. And to your point, increasing speeds is increasing the risk of injuries and fatalities in a crash. And it's just so important that we follow posted speed limits, that we follow, you know, laws that we're not driving impaired. And you mentioned, you know, some of these risky driver behaviors during the pandemic. We also saw a decrease in seatbelt use. And, you know, that's one of, you know, my main focuses where, you know, if you look at the fatalities in vehicle, over half of the in-vehicle fatalities are to folks that are not wearing their seatbelt. And it's such an easy thing to do. It's the most important click of the day. You know, just put on that seatbelt and it really can help save your life. Going back to some of the distraction discussion we were having and limiting distractions, as a safety engineer, are there ways you can design a car to help eliminate some of those distractions in many New cars, uh, a good example is a Tesla. They basically uh, have this big iPad right in the middle of the dash of the car, right? And when we're all pretty comfortable with using an iPad, but still it has to be a huge distraction in the car. It's it's just a huge iPad and that I feel like I have to interact with it. 
Right, absolutely. Well, and I certainly can't speak to Tesla's designs, but at General Motors, you know, we firmly believe that you need to drive with your eyes up and your hands on the wheel. Um, and in order to do that, we have features that we've designed into our vehicles like Apple CarPlay, Android Auto, we have Bluetooth. Uh, we've recently introduced Alexa so that you can actually speak to your vehicle. And we really believe that that, you know, that voice interaction with the vehicle is, is helpful in eliminating distractions. We've also, um, these systems have also been bounded and curated. So you can imagine all the features that are available on your phone. We've reduced that feature set and we've actually created a scenario where the icons are easier to see. And we've tested all of these things in our, or many of these things in our distraction lab, where we're really trying to, you know, create a situation where you have a lot, where your eyes maintain focus on the road and not on our in-vehicle systems. So all of these systems that we have in our vehicles have been tested to ensure that they are, they're safe to, to drive with. You know, my first car was a 1975 Plymouth Fury with the knobs and the dials and and you try to get the heating slide lever just right between the blue and the red but you can feel it and you can touch it uh, that way so it isn't the overall design of these systems important when you're trying to keep uh, the heads up uh, attitude as as you keep talking about Absolutely. And so that's one of our main focus. So when we are putting in these features and functions, whether it be for your heating, ventilation, air conditioning, or, um, you know, tuning the radio, the amount of screens that you have to go through, all of these things are looked at to make sure that, you know, the driver is able to maintain their eyes on the road. As a safety engineer, what are some of the challenges when looking at self-driving vehicles? And when do you think we're going to see self-driving uh, cars and trucks on the road? Yeah, I'm really excited. I really believe that the the environment of safety in automobiles is going to change so dramatically over the next 10 years. And, you know, autonomous and self-driving technology really has such great potential to help us realize that zero crash goal that we have. You know, self-driving vehicles are not going to be intoxicated. Self-driving vehicles are not going to be distracted. Um, you know, I think some of the challenges are going to reside in, you know, on the road to self-driving vehicles. What types of technologies can we put in our vehicles to help keep us safe. And while those vehicles are interacting with other vehicles on the road, how are we going to ensure that people are doing, you know, again, the fundamentals of wearing their seatbelts and, you know, really practicing safe behaviors inside those vehicles as well. Do you think there will be a time when we will see self-driving vehicles and human driving vehicles at the same time on the roads, or is it just going to be too dangerous to mix people being people with computers? You know, I think it's going to be an evolution. I think, you know, with some of the things that we see even today, we've got self-driving vehicles out on the road um, amongst some of the other vehicles out there. So it'll be an evolution. It will be a really interesting time to see how we evolve and how, you know, the future of mobility is going to be changing over the next 10 years. And how long do you think this is going to take? 10 years, 25 years? I was reading just today that some of the truck manufacturers want to get self-driving trucks on the road because of the trucker shortage. So how far away do you think is self-driving? 
You know what? Um, I can't speak to, to how quickly it'll be adopted or will be out on the roads. But, you know, I think even looking at the trucking industry, you know, I think they can see the benefits in some of this automated technologies and the self-driving technologies, even, you know, the technologies we have in our vehicles today, for example, automatic emergency braking with forward collision alert. We did a study with the University of Michigan Transportation Research Institute and found that those that feature is 41% effective at mitigating those rear end type collisions it was designed to mitigate. And it's mitigating even more injuries than that. And so I think we're seeing real benefit of these active safety systems. Um, and that's just proving the benefit and how great these autonomous technologies could be as we move forward. And as we wrap up with Tricia Morrow, General Motors safety engineer, who is my guest right now, I've always thought there is one way to keep people safe in a car, and, and it's to make a car that, that can't hurt them. And so here's my idea. Take it for what it's worth. Uh, cars made of Nerf. <laughs> That's not a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. I'm not sure how, much, how well it will hold up in a crash, but it certainly could absorb some energy. <laughs> and as I think about it, the problem could be in a rainstorm, right? It, it would get so waterlogged that it would be so heavy that you probably couldn't get it anywhere, right? Right, absolutely. Well, I'm an idea, Tricia, so that one is free of charge that you could now uh, do whatever you want with it and, and, and use it as you please. We'll take it under consideration. <laughs> Well, I know we didn't have a lot of time with you, but thank you for the time that you did have. And we appreciate all your uh, expertise and your knowledge on this subject. And uh, good luck with the uh, Scream It Out campaign. Thank you. Take care. And there she goes. Um, the hashtag is called uh, hashtag Scream It Out. And that's the challenge. And they're doing it on TikTok. I should have asked her if they're doing it on. I'm sure they're going to do it on Twitter and the other platforms, but uh, all the kids are into the TikTok. And so I'm sure that's why they're going right to the TikTok. Um, and and I, I don't know how Snapchat Snapchat works. So I, I don't know if you can do it on that, but I, uh, you know, I don't think any of the kids are using Facebook. So they're trying to hit the kids where the kids are. And I think all the kids are right now on, uh, on TikTok. So it's a, uh, it's a pretty interesting study too. And I will put the link for uh, some of this information in the description of this show. I know it was a uh, short interview. I was only given 20 minutes for the interview, but um, they were a little bit late, and I ended one minute early, and so I only had about 15 minutes with Trisha, unfortunately. But that uh, I still think it was uh, <laughs> it was uh, pretty good. All right, so what are we going to have next week? Uh, that is a good question. <laughs> I'm, I'm not exactly sure. I do have uh, some... Uh, emails to reply to, so we'll have something, uh, and it will be great, of course, as it always is. Uh, th- <laughs> Yay! <laughs> All right, thanks again for being here. Thanks for listening, and until next time, I'm Jason Luper, the Traffic Guy. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring. <laughs>